take your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. And last week we started this thing just talking about our God and the greatness of our God, who God is and, and how God is Jehovah Shalom and the fact that God gives peace and the fact that that word peace right there means that God is what's missing in our life and the fact that God gives us what we need to make us feel complete. And so much that we learn from studying the word of God about who our great God is and what he does. So I, I thought of this, and I, in, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 right here, before we get into it, there, there's a name of God that's given to us right here. And I want, I want to explain that name and what that means to us, especially in light of where we're at right now, because this is so important for us to understand who we're leaning on, who we're looking to, the, the strength of our God. The thing is, I, I can't stand to be oversold. If you ever watch some of these infomercials and they build up something and show that it could do anything and they show the knives that cut through the cans and cut through metal and do all these things and then you get it and you're thinking man does this really add up actually I, I don't know because I've never bought one of those knives so I couldn't tell you that but I did see a commercial that they were they were talking about how great the new cell phone was I can't even remember which cell phone it was I just remember them doing this commercial where they shot this rocket and then they had the cell phone out and they were showing the speed of the cell phone being faster than the speed of the rocket. And they were talking about how this is the very best and there's nothing better. And if you get this, you're not going to have any problems. And so they sold it. So all these people run to get this cell phone. And I remember I was one of the ones that got it. It wasn't, it wasn't an iPhone. It was a Samsung. And I remember getting that phone and after a while it freezing up. You know what my mind did? My mind instantly went back to that commercial of that rocket. I'm thinking, it's nothing like they said. It was oversold, overstated. It was, it was nothing like they said that it would be. Our God does not oversell himself. Who he says he is is who he is. And man, this passage right here gives us this amazing understanding of who God is. And God's talking to Abraham, and God promised him that he was going to be the father of many, and that he was going to bring kings out of his, out of his family, and that he was going to eventually bring the Son of God, all these promises that was given to him. And you think about when we're about to go on a journey, and, and God says, I'll be with you. I want to know who's going with me, because I know in life, and I know for life with you, as you go on this journey, you're going to face a lot of things that are just hard things that are going to be impossible, things that are going to be frustrating. And God said at the beginning of this, God, God knew that for Abraham. And God said to this, and when, in Genesis 17, verse 1, he said, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. God said to him, I am the almighty God. So let me give you a name of God here. What he was saying, he said, I am El Shaddai. Now, and then you say, well, I don't even know what that means. Well, a lot of times when you start breaking down a name and you start seeing what it means, it, it helps you to understand the characteristics or the strength or the power of whatever that name means. The name describes the person. The name describes our God. So you think about that. The name that was given to him in this passage was El Shaddai. The word El comes from the root name of God or Elohim. Now, now, we've studied this in the past. If you go back to Genesis, that God created everything. G-O-D, that's God. He spoke everything into existence. He had the power to create life. He had the power to create DNA. He had the power. You think about in our world right now, everything that we're worried about and, and, the, the, and, and the things that was happening around us, God created science. God created history. God created time. 
God created medicine. Everything that we have in our life, at the very beginning, at the roots of it, that there's El or Elohim or God, the creator, mighty, powerful God that created it. But then there's a second part, Shaddai. It's a compound name. It's a name that starts at the beginning of saying, before you understand this second part, you need to understand the first part that, that he was saying to Abraham. Abraham, let me just make something clear. The ground you stand on, I made. The lips you're speaking with, I gave you. The sun that is heating you right now and giving light, I, I spoke that. And by the way, I am Shaddai. That, that word, is a, it comes from the root word shad, which means to supply or nurture. It's the same word that we, it has the word in, in, the, in the Bible to nurse or breast. It, it is like a child being dependent on their mother to meet the needs. A, a, a mother that gives birth and at the same time that mother nurtures, takes care of, provides everything for that child. You think about when a child is born, they have no ability in of themselves to take care of themselves. They are totally dependent upon the mother. That, that's what this God is saying. Hey, I, at our, um, Abraham, I, I created you. And at the same time, I will take care of you. Everything that you need. I am the almighty God that will supply this. I am everything. God is not only has the power to give life. God has the power to sustain life. God has the power to take care of everything we're going to face. The meaning of this, the almighty God, is he's a powerful God. There's no limits to the power of God. And no matter what you're going to face, Abraham, no matter what is before you, Abraham, I brought you in and I will get you through. And he, he brings in the second part, and sometimes we miss this. So let's read the verse again. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Listen to this. Walk before me and be thou perfect. When this stated that I am the almighty God, I am the creator, he says, now this is your job. I need you to walk before me. I need you to walk in my ways like, it, like a child that, that's following after their parents. I need you to walk with me, Abraham. And he said, be thou perfect or be thou complete is what he was saying this. Take all of these things that I am saying and, and apply them to your life because Abraham, without me, you can't do this. Man, if, if we would get that message that God is saying about Almighty God, God says, I am the power, I have it. But let me tell you, if you don't follow me, if you're not adhering to me, if you're not standing on the promises of God, then you're on your own. You can't do it without God. And th this is what he says in verse 2 following this. Now I want you to notice these words as we go through this. He says, and I will. This is this is. The one that is able, the one that is creator, the one that is a sustainer says to Abraham, I will do this. And by the way, I have the power to do everything that I said. I, I, I have the power to do this. I am, I am the almighty God. I, I will make a covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thine name any more be Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For thy father of many nations have I made thee. And he says this again. He says, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Not you, not, not the ability that you have. God says, I'm going to do this through you. Without me, you can't do this. 
He says, and I will make the nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. This sounds great. We, we, we have this, the same promises. We serve the Almighty God. God gives us promises all the time. He says, man, I've, you, you think about all the promises that we state and sing about and we talk about. I think of the song that we all grew up singing in church, standing on the promises. One of the verses, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Now, now you think about it at a time like that. What are you, what are you standing on? You're, you're standing on everything that God has said. I'm going to live out what God has said. When God says, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake you. I'll, I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never, I, 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 I know the number of hairs on your head. I know what's going on in your world. I can stand on that. Literally, that's where I live my life is on those promises. But I think so often when he says in the song, or we sing in the song that I cannot fail, do we, do we believe that? You see, when he's saying all this, God, God's backing it up with the promises that he has in his word. Abraham and Sarah are so much like us. Now, they know this, but what Abraham and Sarah did is they got impatient, and they, they waited for a while, and Sarah never got pregnant. She's getting older and older, and one day, Sarah and Abraham are having this conversation, and you can imagine Sarah going up to Abraham and saying, hey, I, I mean, I know that God is powerful, and I know what God said, and I'm not saying that I don't believe it. You know how we talk like that? We, we talk like that a lot. I'm not saying, but in our heart, we are saying something else. And, and she says, well, maybe, maybe what God wanted is for you to go to our servant Hagar and have a baby with her. And of course, this didn't make sense. It's not what God said. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when things don't go the way that we think they should go, that we, we, we almost like start thinking that God doesn't understand? It's like, God, I, I don't think God understands how old I am. And I don't think he understands how old you are, Abraham. And, and maybe this would just be best. It, it, it's like we're trying to think for God because we don't think God gets what we're going through. So he did go into Hagar, and Hagar did get pregnant, and, and turmoil and stress and problems came out of it because it wasn't God's way. Sarah and Hagar have this big falling out. It's just, it was just a huge mess. It, it eventually, by chapter 17, they get to the point where God just comes to them and he says, you, you can't do this your way. You, you can't run ahead of me. You've got to wait on me, and you've got to believe what I say. Then God says something to Abraham that absolutely shocks him. And I, I think for us to receive news like this, it would absolutely shock us too. Look at verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, not Sarah, Sarai, because her name wasn't changed, thou shalt call her names Sarah, but, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. She'll be, she'll, she shall be the mother of nations. Kings and of people shall be of her. Now, now you got to understand who is making this statement? Who's making the promise? Well, we just read in verse 1 that it's El Shaddai, the, the God that created and the God that is able, the God that is almighty, the almighty God that says, I have no restrictions to my power. I have no limitations. So I'm going to throw something at you. I'm going to tell you something that seems absolutely impossible. But nothing's impossible with God. They didn't understand that. Verse 17, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, 
Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? Now, at the beginning of this, honestly, I look at this and I thought, wow, he was doubting God. Now, I got to show you something that is so important. Abraham was not doubting God and he was not laughing because he did not believe that God was doing it because in that context, we almost think it is. We almost think that that is doubting, but it was the opposite. It was the fact that Abraham believed God. In Romans 4.18, it describes this completely so we can kind of see into the heart and mind of what Abraham was feeling at this very moment. And God wrote this later so what we could understand. And it says about Abraham who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he, con- he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred year, uh, years old, neither yet deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory unto God, and being fully persuaded that that he had promised that he was able to perform it. Man, this laughter, as you can imagine, is he's, he's about to get news that is like overwhelming and impossible. But Abraham recognized God as Almighty God. He recognized him as El Shaddai. And because he recognized God in that way, when God presented something to him that seemed impossible, he responded with joy of like, I don't even know how that's going to happen. My wife is old and I am old and we're far beyond this, but El Shaddai just said it to me, so it's got to happen. And he laughed. But that laughter, if you look it up, is a laughter of joy. It's like you just received news that you're going to get a bonus check or a raise or something. You're just excited about what's going on. Abraham was excited. But I think, honestly, that we're probably more like Sarah. Because when we get into this, in, in chapter 18, these men come to Abraham and Sarah, and they said it'd be about a year, and about a year had passed, and then God's going to show himself. And so these men are traveling, and as they're traveling, they come to the tent where Abraham and Sarah were. And Abraham runs out, and he meets them, and he greets them, and, and like they would do just in their culture, he invites them in, and he goes to Sarah and says, make some food. Now, uh, when I say make some food, verse 6 describes, he says, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the earth. It, it was Three measures was like five gallons of flour. So in their culture, what, what they would do is they would give them enough food, not only for at the time, but enough food to keep traveling with. So you can imagine Sarah's like, oh, okay, Abraham, I mean, we have these guests and I want to take care of them. They didn't even understand that they were, they were entertaining the presence of God at this time. They were entertaining messengers of God. So Sarah's in this kitchen and she's making the food and getting ready. And, and she's, you know, kind of going over the edge of the tent and listening. And the Bible says the tent was behind these people as they're doing this. And, and so uh, in verse 9, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? It's not that they didn't know. They asked this question. And he said, behold, in the tent. And they begin to get down to business. And Abraham was taken back because, first of all, they said, where is Sarah? They knew his wife, but they knew the name that God had given his wife. See, the timing of this is so cool because sometimes in the times of uncertainty, God will drop little things in our way to remind us that God knows, that God's at work, and God's fulfilling the plan that he said that he would do. It's a reminder that God said, I told you I'd be with you. I told you I'd show up. I told you I'd do everything that I said. So Abraham must have known something was special about these guys. 
But Sarah, she's kneading that flour. She's doing all this stuff, and she's just going over to the edge of the tent, you know, kind of listening in, just, I wonder what they're doing, what they're talking about. And, man, it's intriguing of who these guys are. So you, you can imagine, in, in verse 10 is of chapter 18, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it at the tent door that was behind him. Uh, which was behind them. And and remember, God said this was about to happen, and now it's happening. In verse 11, And Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age and ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxen old and shall have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Sarah's first time of hearing this direct from these men, and she's sitting there saying, Man, I, I know... Abraham said this, but I mean, come on, be real. I, I, I don't think they understand. And she's, she's laughing within herself. She was taken back by this. Well, God heard it. See, the thing is, God knows your heart. We can sit there and declare who God is all day long, but God knows what you're really thinking. She's taken back, verse 13, and, and the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall surety of a buried child, which I am old? Is there anything? too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that God cannot do? At, at the time appointed will I return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. We're learning here about our God. I want to give you two things that are so important for us to understand about our almighty God. Why God says to us is, is just like Abraham, I have in an amazing journey for you. But you need to know this as you go through this journey. He said, you need to walk before me. You need to understand the one that has your back, the one that walks before you, the one that walks beside you, the one that stands behind you is the almighty God. The God that cannot fail you. The God that will not leave you. The God that cannot oversell himself. Everything that he says that he is, he is. So here's the two things. Number one, our God does the impossible. Our God specializes in doing the impossible. And it says, and the Lord said in verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? He he was literally talking about El Shaddai, setting this story up for this. Sometimes we limit God because we don't view him for who he is. And so we face certain situations in our life and we're just thinking this is just too much. And I know that God is able and I know that God is good and I know that God is faithful. And we, 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 we must believe this part before you can experience the second part. You have to understand everything that we said that God was stating as almighty God that I do not just difficult things, not just complicated, not just things that things seem to be out of your reach. God does what man could never even imagine could be done. Here's the second thing. God does the impossible by bringing us to the impossible. Now, this is the part that we don't like and makes us very uncomfortable. See, God wants us to know him as El Shaddai, the almighty God. But the only way that we'll ever know that God is mightier than our circumstances is we have to come to circumstances that are mightier than us. You think about that. The only way that we're going to experience the greatness and the glory and the majesty of a God that has limitless power is we have to encounter things in our life that we have no ability to overcome. Here's Sarah standing at the door of the tent. They say, your wife's going to have a baby. 
And the Bible says in verse 12, therefore that Sarah laughed within herself. Let, let, let me break this down. You see, God is not limited by your thinking. You know, when you, when you laugh within yourself, the whole concept of what she was doing is she was processing this in her mind. She, she was sitting there thinking, she was like, well, that, that ain't going to happen. Have you ever done that? It's like you're sitting there saying, oh, okay, yeah, all right. It, maybe sometimes when the preacher's preaching or you hear a song and say, well, that sounds good, but that's not really true or God doesn't really work that way. And you know what we do? Every time we do that, we say that El Shaddai or the God Almighty, we literally dethrone him in our minds saying he's not really all that. See, God is not limited by your thinking. You see, this is crazy because the Bible's describing the inward part. See, when they came to her, and she came outward within verse 15. Then they, they came and confronted her. Then Sarah denied and saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And she said, nay, but thou didst laugh. They, they, they confronted her on this. See, God called her out on this. I think God calls us out on this because sometimes God's way doesn't line up with our thinking. It's, we sing in church, like I just said, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. See, when we sit there and we say that outwardly, like I didn't laugh or, oh, I believe that he could do anything. But inwardly, when we doubt God, it's the same thing as us singing these songs like, man, standing on the promises, man, I can't fall. But inward, we're, inwardly, we're sitting there saying, I just don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how we're going to get through this. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. God steps in and says, remind, reminds her and says, man, I'm the one that created your life. How can I, out of nothing, what's to say that I can't do it again through you, Sarah? Man, God is the sustainer, everything that we have. It does not have to make sense in your mind in order for God to do anything that he wants to do. But sometimes we limit God because we'll start thinking and our minds will go crazy thinking and we're just sitting there saying, I just don't get it. I just, really, I've, I've looked at it from every angle, and it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. I'm just telling you, it's not going to work. I know what you're saying, and we, we limit God by what we think. Here's the second thing. God is not limited by your circumstances. Now, in verse 11, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, have I to have pleasure, my Lord being also. I, I think this is almost funny, her thinking as she's sitting there, she's looking out at her husband that's probably, you know, bent over, walking with a cane, all white hair. You know, they, they probably got out of bed that morning and said, man, my back hurts. And man, I can barely move. And man, I don't, you know, this is going to be a long day. And, you know, just, they're old. They're, they're 90 and almost 100 years old. They're just old in the middle of this. So let's just make this list that Sarah is thinking, literally as we're reading this, as God says that I can do anything. And we're, she's sitting there, you know, mixing her flour and sitting there saying, yeah, well, if, if I could explain this to God, it, it says, first of all, this is now Abraham and Sarah were old. You know what she's saying by this, saying, well, your timing is bad, God, because we're, we're already past our prime. And if you look at it that, from that perspective, perspective it's it's we're, we're way past that we're old god your timing is terrible god the timing doesn't add up it says a deeper description verse 11 and we're well stricken in age well stricken they were saying man we're, things are too far gone we're old let, let me say 
40 would just be complicated. Lord, 50, if I was 50 and I was having a baby, that, that would be almost, you know, like, like a miracle. But God, I'm 90. He was saying, her thought was thinking that, you know, I'm, I, I'm no spring chicken and my husband is no Italian stallion. I'll tell you just the facts of what it is right now. She was thinking every part of my body hurts. I'm, I'm old. I'm frustrated. I'm, I, I don't want to think about babies. They, they were thinking about trying to be able to get through life without aches and pains. And now she's talking about heartburn and back aches and stretch marks and, and, and morning sickness. 90 years old? It's like, God, you, you don't understand. This situation, what you're describing, is just too far gone. Sarah's like, you know, age has an effect on somebody's body, God. I wish you'd understand that. And it says this next part, and it ceased not to be with Sarah after the man of woman. The, 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 the things that are needed to be there, God, they, they just don't work. Sarah's like, God, I, I, it's, this is something that you just can't fix. And she's describing the age of her husband of not being able to be able to have kids. And she's describing herself saying, God, I'm past that age of where women have babies. It, you can imagine as she's thinking of this, the physical description, she said, it ceased to be with me. It's no longer there. Romans 4.19 describes it and said, uh, when, Abraham, when Abraham was being described, he said, considered not his own body now dead. I mean, not physically dead. He was describing the ability to have children. And when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. You, you need to understand the circumstances that they're describing here, saying, God, if you knew what you're working with, it's not just old. It's not just stricken. Sarah was sitting back saying, God, it's not even there. It's dead. It's gone. It doesn't work. God, it does not work. Can you imagine telling God this? We do the same thing with God. Uh, let, me, let me just start over with this and Think about what we do. No, I'm talking inwardly. I'm not talking, I'm talking about Sarah here. Where God says, I do the impossible. I can do anything. I'm not restricted by anything. When I say, I'll take care of you, I'll take care of you. We say, God, I know that. And we sing the songs and it's all great and everything. But let me just put it this. We almost explain and say, God, come here. Let, let, me, let me explain it to you. And I, I know you'd say we would never physically do this. We want it. We're like Sarah, we do it inwardly. God, the timing is wrong. God, if you just knew that this wasn't a good year for this because we're, this is an election year, God. And God, for us as a church, this timing is not good for this whole coronavirus because, God, we were getting ready for Easter. We already had the stage up. We had the costumes out. God, we had the flyers made. We were getting ready to put the, God, the, if I, God, I know you're in control and everything, but if you would just look at the timing of this, that's what Sarah did. It's like, we're old, God. See, the second thing she said is just like us. Things are too far gone. It's like, God, I, I've gone through the budget, and honestly, it's, it's, it's a matter of things don't happen quickly, God, with the 401k and the economy and all this other stuff. Lord, we're just going to, it's just going to be shot. It's not going to happen. She, she said that things that are needed are not there. She said that about themselves. Like, God, they're just things that are dead. God, if you understand, they say that you're the, you do the impossible and you do great things. God, our economy, God, if you'd look at the Dow Jones right now, if you would watch the charts on CNN, God, if you would see the reports about the 401k, yeah, God, I, I know I knew you do great things, but I'm telling you, just these things don't add up. Just don't add up. And at the end of it, the numbers that you're saying that you can do just don't add up in our minds. 
Sometimes things don't add up because they are set up. Because God loves to show us his power. God brings us to impossibilities, things that are impossible. So we can sit there and cry out to a God that does the impossible. God so desperately right now in America wants everybody to look up at him like the fire falling for Elijah, like the Red Sea splitting for Moses. We have all these illustrations and you say, why is that? Because God is our El Shaddai. Our God is the God that can do anything. And right now, God could be setting us up right now with impossibilities so that he can step in and say, I do the impossible. God is not nervous. He is not limited. Our God is not struggling. He's not trying to figure it out. He has it all figured out. You know why? He created it. He's not limited by time, resources, money, economy, presidents, nothing. I just want to be like Abraham. And I, and I close with this. Our God that does the impossible. But God wants us to be like Abraham. And I take you back to Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. And he said this, who against hope believed in hope. You think about what he's saying. God said the reason why I'm using him as an illustration, the reason why I did so much, the reason why I was able to do the impossible through Abraham, because Abraham got to a thing and says, wow, I I don't know how that could work, God. But you said it. So God, when there is no hope, but I believe in hope because you are hope. He said, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which is spoken. In verse 21, being fully persuaded that he that had promised was able also to perform it. Let me, you need to understand this. That God that promised to take care of you, he will perform it. But man, Christians need to be fully persuaded because I think we're more like Sarah laughing inside, making our list about why it won't work. And we're sitting there at the tent looking out at God, saying, God, it just doesn't add up. Rather than being like Abraham, where we fall down in laughter and joy, saying, wow, El Shaddai, that you are not limited. You are able. You are powerful. You will do this. God, I just can't wait to see you do it. And God, it doesn't even make sense in my mind and the circumstances don't add up. But God, I know you will do this. God is able. And I just close asking you this. Do you know the God that is able to carry you through? Not not only just carry you through this life, but the life to come. Our, Our God has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And this world is cursed with viruses and things because it's cursed with sin. But our God came to rescue and save us from sin. We all have sin in our life. And the only, the only hope that we have is crying out to the God that is able. The God that made you, the God that loved you, and the God that will carry you through. And you say, how can you know this God in your life? And I'm not talking about going to church. If you notice, we can't even go to church. But God's still at work. Because what matters is the power of the gospel and the power of the truth. Where God speaks to you. through through the internet and through Wi-Fi that God wants you to know on your cell phone or laptop or TV today that he loves you, that he is the God reaching out help and hope. You say, how can you know God is your personal savior? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You literally just say, God, I'm a sinner and I know that. And I know that you're the savior and I know that. And you died on the cross to save me from my sins. And God, I ask for that healing. I ask for that hope. 
I ask for you to be my Savior and come into my life. And if you make that decision, you just let us know right now. We want to know. We want to pray for you. We will follow up with you. We'll connect with you because the El Shaddai, the God Almighty, loves you. He's there for you and you can lean on him and he'll never let you down. Let's pray. God, I pray that you help us, Lord, in our lives. Understand how amazing of a God you are. And Lord, the God that you brought us to these situations and you'll carry us through these situations and you'll never fail us. But Lord, we must be like Abraham where we put our hope and our faith and our confidence in you, not in ourselves, Lord, because we can't do it. We'll be like Abraham and Sarah with Hagar. We'll mess it up. But Lord, when we lean on you, you'll never let us down. Thank you, Lord, for being our almighty God. We pray this in your name. Amen.